well, 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 well. That sounds like a party. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world famous Smokin' and Toastin'. We are here for show number two. Hundred and seventy-two, which puts us just past halfway to three hundred. To three hundred, yeah, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and uh, we have a good one for you today. We uh, welcome back to the program from uh, Fox and Seeker Spirit Company and Distilling Company, uh, Mr. Sean Anger. Sean, welcome. Thanks for having me. It good is really nice here. to have you back. And I have to say, ordinarily, we are a little suspect. Of people that we are introduced to by Chris Morris. I, just, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just it's just kind of the way it is. We've learned this over time, but uh, but no, you were a great guest, and so we're thrilled to have you back on the show. Appreciate and it, and I'm sure you understand about Chris. Uh, well, you know, I am going to do my best to make cocktails as well as Chris did. Oh uh, well, but he, I am not a cocktail maker. He I, he really is. Like all kidding aside, he really is a master of the cocktail. Mm-hmm. That man really knows what he's doing. Pretty fantastic, and, and at that. he's uh, you know. He he has been able to spread that uh, that great stuff around the city because he winds up having to get a new job about every three or four months and uh, and so he's been you know all over the place right yeah yeah so just getting just messing with you Chris uh, but it's nice to have uh, nice to have Sean back now when we had you on the show before we had set up with Chris that we wanted to do a martini challenge mm-hmm. and uh, this is where Ian gets on his high horse about gin mm-hmm. being the only you know, thing for. For martinis, and I well, think well, we I think we learned in that whole episode that too. that you know when you do it with um, vodka, it's not actually a martini. Is that, there's, yeah. there's a different name for I, it. I, I know you love to uh, to point that out. Okay, right, but just but saying. you know vodka martinis are good. I make vodka martinis all the time. I love vodka martinis. You notice but, who uh, people who like vodka martinis always say vodka martinis, and people who like martinis just say <laughs> See, martini. They, yeah, well, they, <laughs> there is a trend. I, I endure this. But no, uh, uh, Sean came on with uh, with both vodka and uh, gin, yep. and uh, we were able to uh, use the Fox and Seeker spirits to uh, to make our martinis and, and, and do the challenge. So, uh, you know what I remember actually that I liked most about that show? Uh, it was nice meeting Sean and all, but those little stuffed olives that Chris oh, Morris. Those, oh, those were amazing. Oh my God. I yeah. actually took that like he hand stuffed. Yeah. I actually took like uh, you know five or six of them home that were left over. And it literally I, I rationed myself to like only one a day because <laughs> they were so good I wanted them to last. So I do not have uh, any olives today. Oh uh, it's, it's all right. We'll uh, we'll be we'll okay. survive. But you are gonna make some cocktails, aren't I you? I will. Okay, yes. cool. And yeah. we have uh, we have a couple of different expressions of gin here, is that right? That's correct. It well, is the same base gin, one of them is rested in a barrel. Oh, okay. So there's uh, it's it's so interesting to me how creative people are getting with uh, barrel aging and barrel resting mm-hmm. of everything from beers to uh, every different kind of spirits. I mean, honestly, and, and I don't know as much about gin as I do about some other spirits, but it this hasn't always been a trend with gin, has it? No, and you got to be careful because gin already has a lot of flavor. Yeah. Really, no kidding. So yeah. when you add more flavor on top of flavor, it, it can Sometimes quickly it goes come sideways. out of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I totally get that. Well, I'm really, uh, really curious uh, to be able to taste that and looking forward to that on the program today. Uh, we're also going to be doing some uh, beer tasting, which is kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what to think of this first one, Ian, from Isla Street Brewing in San Antonio. Uh, we're going to be trying their Rojo, which, of course, means red mm-hmm. in Spanish. Uh, it is a Berliner Weiss 
brewed with red soda. Hmm. And when I think of red soda, I think of like Big Red. That's that's, what I, that's, we have here in that's Texas. gotta be what they're going yeah. for. And Big Red is huge in San Antonio. Because Big Red is red soda. Right. Like if if it was red and it was some other kind of soda, it'd be like strawberry soda. I remember right. like the uh yeah. what was the they had there was that strawberry soda, there was a couple other grape sodas yes, that were there's like, been like, Knee-high and, and yeah. Fanta. Fanta, yeah, Fanta. yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one I was thinking of. So yeah, those those have uh have had you know, flavored berry flavored sodas, but but when you red just say soda, red, yeah, it's, I'm it's pretty a sure that's big red. Thing. Yeah, because <laughs> big red is not strawberry. Nope, it's bubble gum, isn't it? <laughs> I think I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like bubble gum flavors. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm really curious because I've never really been a big red fan. So I'll be really interested to see a Berliner Weiss brewed with red soda. What exactly that's going to be like? But hey, you know. <laughs> I'm going to be texting a picture of this to a buddy of mine that loves Big Red. Okay, well, good. It's, it's called Rojo. I was able to buy it here in Houston, but uh, the brewery's out of San Antonio, Texas, and we've not had any beers from Isla. It's I S L L A Isla Street Brewing. So excited about that! Now we had a uh, a beer from this next brewery. Uh, actually, it was maybe just like a month ago. And uh, I chose that one just because of the name of the brewery, which is Belching Beaver Brewery. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, today's uh, beer is, uh, we have one from Belching Beaver, and I chose it because of the name of the actual uh, uh, beer and, and what the can looks like, is which it, I'll show is you. Is it Fluffy Nuts? No, but it's, uh, it's interesting. It's apparently done in conjunction with the Deftones. The band, the Deftones. Uh-huh. It's Deftones Phantom Bride IPA. So you <laughs> okay. got A, Belching Beaver, B, Deftones, and C, it's got this really uh, funky Day of the Dead looking skull on the front of it. So I, I, I was in, and it's an IPA. That's why I was in. So uh, huh. it's a, uh, uh, it's a pretty interesting looking can. We'll see what it tastes like. Uh, Belching Beaver is out of Oceanside, California, and then just because today seemed like a good day for. Beers that were odd or from odd breweries. Uh, we'll do something from Clown Shoes today. Clown Shoes Brewing Clown out Shoes of Boston, Massachusetts. Awesome. Uh, we'll do their Flight to Bolivia is the name of the beer. It is an old ale aged in Whistlepig Rye X Bordeaux barrels. Oh, wow. So that sounds like a, a mouthful. Yes. And we'll, and we'll see if it is. So I bet it looking, is. Looking forward to that. So it should be a good, uh, an interesting beer day. I hope they're good. It'll be an interesting beer day for sure. Uh, a lot of uh, other stuff on the program. Drinking news, of course, our uh, our very popular segment. Our drinking news teaser headline for today. Oh, oh, sorry, I was busy. <laughs> our, our teaser headline for today. You've heard this before, but it is "Hold my beer and watch this." Hold my beer and watch this. I love that. That can go anywhere. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That that would be just a good name for a website. You just put up the website and have people send photos of Ah. times when they've maybe said that or or could have said it, depending on what they were doing. It's usually, it's kind of like watching one of those fails videos on YouTube. You know, those are (laughs) always interesting. And there's always at least one skateboarder. Have you noticed that? On any one of those fails videos, at least one skateboarder and something involving a steel railing and his nuts. (laughs) Every time. Every time. You have to have that. Yeah, it's it's a requirement. So uh, it occurred to me that my buddy that really loves Big Red sent me this link a while back. Is this... No, that's interesting. And this is from San Antonio. Is that actual Big Red? It's no. This is uh, this was in 2020. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, let's see. Big red flavored beer is coming to San Antonio thanks to one local brewery. The brewery says it's the most quintessentially Texas beer San Antonio didn't know they had. Well, <laughs> that's interesting because it could be that the beer we're going to try today was maybe yeah, this like is, a response this is it. to they that. Call it, they, no, this was it. They call it uh, Big Rojo Beer. I wonder if well, I wonder the if they had to drop the big. Oh, maybe Big uh, Red had a... I bet. So this is probably the first iteration it, of it. Cause it this was, can you tell if that's from Isla Brewing? The one? No, that, it is. It is. It's from the oh, same brewery and everything. So I'm wondering then if this is the rebranded version after Big Red said, hey, copyright infringement. Oh, yeah. See, I'm, I'm assuming they had to drop the big and the kind of... Soda-looking yeah, can. Yep. yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I see. That well, looks this, awfully like Big Red. Because this, <laughs> really this says, no, really uh, Is, Isla Street Brewing released a new Big Rojo beer. This was in 2020. So uh, so this must be the uh, newest iteration where they had to... Had to, had to change a little bit. Had to left. change. I'll just yeah. keep that over uh-huh. here and yeah. we'll open that you, shortly. You do that. So uh, we'll talk cigars. I've got some interesting uh, new cigars for you to watch for. And damn, that Vladimir Putin... I mean, not only, uh, first of all, he's like invading a, a peaceful country and like making up all kinds of reasons why he's invading it that aren't actually true. And then, secondly, we can apparently expect craft beer prices to rise because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. How does, mm. how right. does that? All right. Sanctions. Sanctions. Biden, are you listening? More sanctions. We, we got we to hit these boys hard where it hurts. And, uh, yeah, no, that's terrible. It's, it's terrible what he's doing. And I don't mean to equate a rise in beer prices with, you know, the, the mm-hmm. horrible stuff that they're doing uh, to the Ukrainian people. But, uh, but still, this, this is now hitting really close to home. You know what I'm saying? Do I seem shallow for saying I don't, that? How does war affect our beer prices? We'll get to that in the, uh, in the explanation um, later on in the program. Confused. So, I'm hurt and confused. Uh, there is a craft brewer in the Ukraine that has joined the war effort. We'll tell you what he's doing to help the Ukrainian people. And we'll uh, also talk about five craft beer trends to watch for in 2022. Uh, we'll talk cigars. Speaking of cigars, Ian, do you have an opportunity to smoke anything interesting this week? Boy, did I. Oh, boy. This sounds, this sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I went by. Uh, Did you have a Gurkha that exploded on you? Is that what happened? <laughs> the exploding Gurkha. That's that's more fact than fiction. Yeah. Um. I. I sorry, Gurkha. They're getting a little better, apparently. Yeah. Well, let me just say, my last Gurkha uh, that I smoked and talked about <laughs> on the show was fantastic. Right. I was very pleased. So I went by uh, Casa this morning and um, picked out a few cigars. Actually, I picked up. Uh, I picked up a couple of really nice ones, but one of the ones I picked up, and they had it uh, on the, um, they had it on their special release kind of table that they have there, and it had limit. You could only buy two. It was the Arturo Fuente Hemingway short story Maduro. Oh, this is new, isn't it? No, this they, was they first just, released. They didn't just come I out think with the Maduro in just now. Twenty eleven or twenty twelve. Okay. okay. However, I think it's a limited release every year. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So you got to get in and get you some like ASAP. Well, the, the regular Hemingway is just a fantastic they're outstanding. Cigar. If you if you yeah. are into the mild to medium cigar and you are wondering, man, do I like cigars? Do I want to continue smoking cigars in my life? Pick up. A Hemingway short story, mm-hmm. and try that because that will that will totally make you a fan so, of cigars. So this is the Maduro version. This then. is the Maduro version of this, Exciting. and and um, and again, it's just a limited release that they do. I think every year, uh, it's a mini perfecto. This is a four inch cigar. It's not very big. If you look at the picture I took with it in my hand, mm-hmm. you will see that <laughs> my hand is apparently four inches. <laughs> well, you know what they say: four inch hands. 
Yeah, four-inch gloves, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. That's what they said. Um, so uh, the wrappers, Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro, binder and filler, both from Dominican Republic. Um, and the, the, the filler is apparently the uh, Hemingway blend, the same one they use in the uh, – oh, but you get the different you get a wrapper, wrapper so and binder. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the appearance on this, it is perfectly adorable. They know how to roll uh, cigars it is, at Fuente. It is a gorgeous little cigar. The short story is a mini perfecto. means it's pointed at um, at one end. It comes down to a little tapered tip that you light just the tiniest little bit. You don't even have mm-hmm. to learn how to light like a cigar a little, to like light this thing. It's like a little nipple at the right, end. Right, right. You just light this tiny little bit at the end, and it burns perfectly. It's, it's like magic. Yeah, I was going to— The I'm, other end I'm has— I'm going to guess that your, uh, your tasting notes are going to include the phrase, perfect burn. Because <laughs> Fuentes, they do. Yeah, they're they great. Just, they burn great. They're great. So, uh, so, and keep in mind, this is a Hemingway thing. So, I have to, I have to, you know, uh, I have to acknowledge that it's a Hemingway cigar, right? Yeah, you have to wax poetic. I did. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> so the uh, the appearance, perfectly adorable, immaculate construction on this thing. It's a gorgeous little cigar. It's absolutely fantastic. Classic Grand Reserva label from. Uh, Arturo Fuente, it's intensely dark, wrap, oily wrapper with some veins in it, oily and leathery to the touch, firm overall. It, it, so just so you know, a Perfecto is somewhat the shape of a baseball bat mm-hmm. with the little uh, reservoir tip on the end that you light. Mm-hmm. You clip the little end. That's what I did. I used a clip on mine. The pre-light sniff on this, earth, rich coffee, chocolate, and barnyard. This smells as good as a cigar can smell almost. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know of any other cigars that just smell better than this. Um, Bella Artes Maduro from AJ is pretty it's, awesome. It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's just that so good smell, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, if I could just smell like this cigar at all times, <laughs> yeah, it would be. I love it. I love it. I would start to love myself. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> um, okay, the pre. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautifully awkward. It really was. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Um, the pre-light uh, draw on this, I used a clip. It had a medium draw to be expected with the Perfecto shape because you don't have a fully open end. Right. Um, so what happens is you get a little bit of a tight draw at the very beginning of this, and it opens up within like a couple puffs because mm-hmm. then it lights you know, the, the larger portion of the cigar. So that's pretty normal, and it did do that. Uh, sweet, creamy cocoa, uh, coffee, rich earth, dried fruit is what I got. On the uh, pre-light draw notes, the uh, initial light, enormous, rich smoke came out of this. Nice. I mean, like it puffs huge. Even when it's still only burning a, a small. Just uh, yeah, part of the I mean, cigar. it just immediately had huge smoke. It was awesome. it was wonderful. Coffee and cedar dominate the initial light, backed by cocoa powder and sweet nuttiness with a pinch of pepper. The retrohale was cedar, campfire, and leather. Sweet. The first third of the cigar, which I will now refer to as Chapter One. It's a Hemingway. <laughs> I'm loving this. Right? Smoke Rings. That's the name of this chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fountains of fluffy, flavorful fog frothing forth from this fine Fuente Figurado. Earthy chocolate and creamy coffee entangle the palate. Light, undef- unidentifiable spices lurking in the background create an engaging experience. Retro hail is cedar and nutty with a touch of pepper. Solid ash, great burn. Can I just mention this is your greatest cigar review ever? <laughs> I ever. say it's fitting for one named Hemingway. Ever. <laughs> very poetic. Yes. Yes, very good. I'm so impressed. I had to add a little something to it. It's I'm a Hemingway. So impressed. <laughs> um, the second third, otherwise known as chapter two. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, spicy characters thread throughout the storyline without distracting from the overall plot. Leather and chocolate and coffee, cedar and copious amounts of smoke all take the stage to create an enlivened experience. The retro hail is cocoa, coffee, and nutty, solid ash. Great burn. <laughs> the look you guys are giving me is wonderful. I love I'm it. just wondering if the third third has a great burn or not. The last third of this chapter three, of course... Coffee and dried fruit dance throughout with cocoa, sweet cream, cedar, and leather in a beautiful balance, none upstaging the other. The end of this short story is warm, cedary, and sweet. One of the biggest reasons the end of this is warm is because I have big fingers and it's a tiny cigar and it was really kind of really warming up my fingers. fingers. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually a literal reference, not a literary reference. Got okay? it. I understand. <laughs> so, just so you know. Uh, the retrohale is cedar and cocoa with uh, with a little bit of a mineral flavor to the, uh, to the retrohale on the end of it. Solid ash, perfect burn. You can see this in all the pictures. The burn is wonderful. Uh, the price on this cigar, $6.50. Really? That's not bad. I know it's a small cigar. It's a small still, cigar. It's not bad. It is one of the best constructed cigars you will find. It is $6.50. I give it an 8. Wow. Is that is that the highest non-cheap uh, it's, it's, uh, cigar? If it's not, it's given? one of them. It's, uh, this is a $6.50 cigar. It burns. As a 4-inch cigar, it burned for 45 to 50 minutes. Wow. Well, I it, mean, it, so it burns great. Well, you guys know by now, if you've been with the show, how the price to quality scale works. If it's a five, that means you got what you pay for. Yeah. So if it's an eight, it's like, holy cow. It's, Ian, it's that kind of good. Wow. It is really good. And uh, um, What would you pay for this cigar? For this, If I paid $10 for this cigar, I probably wouldn't have bet an eye. Like after smoking it, I wouldn't uh -huh. bet an eye. I yeah. mean, it's fantastic. It's, it's really, and even though it's small, it did, it did smoke for, I think I had it for almost 50 minutes. You know, well, I just have to before say, before I let go of it, it's definitely a medium strength cigar. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you're a guy who likes mild to medium and you want to go into a medium flavor, this is not a peppery medium, this is a big, fluffy, wonderful, mm -hmm. uh, rich medium. So, this is definitely where you go if you want to step into that next flavor uh profile without without getting like a big peppery kind of tongue bite or any of those kind of things. Well, I have to say, that was. That was an amazing review. Your best ever. Thank and you. Quite <laughs> frankly, I can't follow that. So that's our show. Have a great weekend. <laughs> See you later. Goodbye. Sean, thanks for coming yeah, in. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes... How do you follow? I just burned the guitar. That's what I did. Sometimes you just have to quit while you're ahead, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I will tell you what I smoked, but, you know, let me just lower your expectations right now. Uh, this bar is going way, way down here in terms of the review. Uh, I smoked something. Uh, I don't think I've smoked uh, anything from this line. Uh, before for the show and talked about it, I uh, smoked a JR Ultimate 50th Anniversary Toro. Oh. Now, JR, as you guys know, is uh, JR Cigars, right. one of the biggest right. online cigar companies in the world, them and Cigars International and Holtz. Um, and I was on the JR website not too long ago. You know, just looking around because it's like cigar porn, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I, I love looking around at stuff. And I found an A.J. Fernandez sampler that was very reasonably priced and had, uh, you know, had some, you know, different ones that he'd done for different companies. And this was in it. So I got uh, I got a sampler and uh, it was uh, <clears throat> uh, that's that's how I got a J.R. Ultimate. I didn't actually go on and 
buy it specifically, it came in the sampler. So I've already kind of blown this next line, but I was going to say that the ultimate 50th anniversary was blended by a little-known cigar maker that you've probably uh, not heard me mention before, some guy named A.J. Fernandez. <laughs> of course. Yeah, right. so I really am a fanboy. It's it's true. So, yes, yes. so I was actually very interested to, to smoke this because I've had most of the cigars in A.J.'s line. I've had most of the cigars that he's done for you know Monte Cristo and Romeo and Julieta and, uh, and some of the other uh, major company things that he's done. So, uh, but I had not had this, so I was very excited to smoke it. Cigar was a little bit rustic, uh, some visible veins, but it was nice and oily and very delicious looking. The uh, JR Ultimate 50th anniversary, there's been a long line apparently of JR Ultimates, but once they release a new one, that becomes it. In other words, they don't keep the older ones around. It's like, right. okay, here's the new, it's like a the seasonal beer. Here's the new mm-hmm. Ultimate. Right? That's like the Delirium Tremens or like the. Uh, yeah. Like the uh, Christmas sale from exactly uh, like, like from uh, uh, Anchor Steam Anchor right, yeah, yeah. Anchor yeah I, I always want to put Steam in their name because that's you, like you think their Anch- beer that's yeah, their right. beer yeah uh, anyway this cigar has an Ecuadorian Sumatra Oscuro wrapper a San Andres binder and a mix of uh, Honduran and Nicaraguan filler tobacco I love that cigar so, already yeah uh, pre light was all grass and hay with a little bit of leather mixed in but very much a a grassy, almost barnyard. Uh, you think you know what it smells like after someone cuts their lawn, and it just has that freshly cut. Oh yeah, lawn. it had a little bit of that to it, which I thought you know, it's a very pleasant um, uh, note, but it's not necessarily what you expect from a cigar. But that's what I got—a little bit of that uh, and a little bit of leather. I used a punch, and I lit that baby up, and it gave me a nice rush of early spice, but it was not at all a. I'm gonna keep doing that until you come up with. The, I just haven't had time to get in there and record anything yet. Because my BG's impression is terrible, and it's not getting any better. No, I didn't get the Nicaraguan pepper blast. I did get a kind of a rush of spices, though. But it was more. I was a little more like mixed. Like it wasn't just pepper, pepper, like so many of the Nicaraguan cigars do on that blast. It was more subdued. But even that settled down as the the cigar started to even out, and I got notes of coffee, leather, and a muted kind of pleasant vegetal uh, sort of a note uh, along with it. Uh, for all of the veininess of the cigar, because it had some mm-hmm. you know, bumpy uh, veins on it, um, it really had great construction and a perfect burn, as you nice. might say. Um, coffee was really the predominant note in this. And sometimes when you think of coffee... Uh, notes in a cigar. You think of that that sort of deep Brazilian coffee bean. This was a little different. This was like a cup of black coffee, you know, <laughs> just, just and not necessarily. And, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but it's like it's like somebody made at the coffee maker at work and poured you a cup. That mm. it's that kind of black coffee. Just a very straightforward. Tastes no like frills coffee, coffee. No frills. No. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, it was. Um, it was the predominant note. By the second third, it had kind of settled into a groove that was uh, giving off that black coffee cup note along with a bit of earth and some black cherry, which was kind of an interesting uh, note to come in there. Uh, the Ultimate 50th gave off a, a pretty generous amount of creamy smoke, which I really liked, and it smoked for well over an hour. It was a very slow smoking, mm-hmm. just enjoy the experience kind of uh, cigar. Uh, final third was much like the second, coffee, maybe even espresso. Maybe it was an espresso note that I was getting uh, from that. It's been a while since I've had an espresso, so I need to I need to order one after dinner at some point when I'm out at a restaurant just so I can 
relive that taste again. So I can think know about coffee flavor, but on a fist that just punches you. Right, right. <laughs> this was kind. Of, I don't yeah. know. It was. That's it was, espresso, yeah. it leaves you a, feeling a little bitter. Maybe a little bit like that in in the final uh, third. There was also Dark Earth and Letter, uh, Letter, Leather. Le- uh, letter? The letter? Retro Hail was where I picked up that dark cherry flavor mm-hmm. that I mentioned. It was very interesting and very, very good. Medium to full uh, cigar, consistent flavor throughout. The Ultimate 50th is a $10 cigar. I mentioned I got it in a sampler, so I got, had to go look up what it costs just to buy one. If you buy a box of 10, it's right at $100, so it's a $10 cigar. Um, it was really quite good, although I will say, just from my palate, I think I like some of AJ's other blends a little bit better than this particular one. But again, that's my palate. There was there was nothing wrong with the cigar at all. There was no flavor or taste I didn't like. It burned beautifully. Uh, and I would say that with all that said, it totally hits the mark at the $10 price, so I will recommend it. Uh, again, a bit of a different flavor profile from some of AJ's other smokes, but that, that can be good. So for me, a nice change-up, uh, thumbs up, and a solid five price to quality. Nice. Uh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. If you pay $10 for this cigar, you won't be disappointed. That said... I don't know if I can put it over like the Bella Artez Maduro from AJ or the Diaz de Gloria. Uh, those cigars are just such a – that's in my sweet spot. So right. so that makes it kind of hard to compare in, in some ways, you know. Uh, take that away from my uh, experience, and, and I would tell you, this thing is great. So – uh, that, that's just uh, that's just my thoughts, but but try it if you're ordering some uh, cigars online. It's not a not the, a bad thing. The to do. the the thing about that is the two uh, outside the Bellotez and the uh, Diaz de Gloria. Those those cigars are exceptional. They really are for especially bang for the buck. Mm-hmm. So those are exceptional ones. It's hard. To use that as a standard, because yeah. that's that's a pretty tall stick. Well, that, that's what gets when we're doing these cigar notes. It's what it's what gets some of these eight. Dollar because those are generally around eight dollars. It's what gets some of these eight dollar cigars in trouble. They may be pretty good, but it's like they're not nearly as good as that. So how can I give it, you know, that high of a uh, of a rating? Even though there was nothing wrong with the yeah. cigar, it just just didn't have that interesting and complex. I tend, uh, I tend to, I think in in my mind, I tend to compare a lot of them to like the my father and the right, uh, right, and and see those hold up. Incredibly and those hold well. up. Those hold up as well. Uh, and those are right in that price point. Or some of the Olivas, like uh-huh. those. Are... And, and you had uh, uh, not long ago, you uh, talked about a San Cristobal. I find oh, those yeah, yeah. to be incredibly consistent. Little pricier, but very, very good, very consistent. So anyway, uh, enjoy it. Try it. It's uh, it's definitely worth it, especially if you're, you know, getting one in a sampler pack. That's what that's what made it really interesting. Is, so is not being say. a cigar smoker, mm-hmm. a black coffee. Cigar sounds phenomenal to me. Yeah. Well, but yeah. elementary question, what does Maduro mean? Maduro I, is a darker leaf that has it. been fermented. So when you look at two cigars uh, side by side, one's like a lighter brown and one's a darker brown or even leaning towards a, a black color, mm-hmm. that would most likely be a Maduro. And a lot of people think Maduros are stronger, which is not always the case. True. Maduro's Maduro Maduro tobacco because of the fermentation process actually gives it a little bit of a sweetness, hmm. not a not a sugary sweetness, just a sort of a um, I don't know like a fruit sweetness maybe. How would you describe? Mm. It's That's it's definitely right. a sweetness. It's yeah. a, it's a tobacco sweetness. It's yeah. it's kind of and it's really good. Yeah. Ian and I both are fans of Maduros. Yeah. So. I, I generally reach for Maduro cigars. Now you will also like uh, lending to that. Uh, Myth, you will also see Maduro wrappers on a lot of stronger cigars. Right, right. Um, but that, uh, again, one Dominicana doesn't necessarily equate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, One doesn't necessarily equate to the other because I've had plenty of 
uh, plenty of cigars with uh, lighter wrappers that are that are pretty brutal yes. in the and, strength category. And I've had a, like a uh, a Maduro uh, Macanudo that was very mild. I would I would mm-hmm. actually uh, say that the Siri R. <laughs> um, is a stronger cigar than the Siri R Maduro. Actually, I agree with that. Yeah, and even though uh, I think the only difference in those cigars is it's the wrapper. Yeah. yeah, I believe that's mm. right. All right, we got to take a break and uh, come back and start doing some tasting because we got we're going to taste the gin neat. I understand, yep. and then we're going to do uh, cocktails. We're going to play with some cocktails. I'm very that excited about awesome. this. Uh, we'll be back at Smoking and Toasting Show Number Two Hundred and Seventy Two, uh, and we'll also tell you why you can blame Putin for rising beer prices when we come back. Thanks, Putin. <clears throat> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Smokin' and Toastin', the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are coming to you from the studio today. Sean Anger from Fox and Seeker is our special guest. And, you know, a um, couple things are, are happening. Well, first of all, inflation prices are going up on almost everything. Unfortunately, prices are going up on beer. And uh, it's not just because of inflation. I'll get to that in a moment. But I just wanted to mention, have you noticed how... Some of the uh, vodka companies now are going out of their way to make sure you know that their vodka their vodka is not made in Russia. <laughs> oh, I haven't even seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. They're like, eh, we're made in Ohio, or we're made in Austin, or uh, you know, uh, really all my, none of my none of my favorite vodkas I think are, are Russian uh, to begin huh. with. So uh, so uh, you guys make vodka. Right in Houston, Texas. So, yep. so no Russia involved, right? No Russia involved. Okay. Grown in Texas, harvested in Texas, <laughs> right. made in Texas. All right. Well, uh, thanks to the invasion, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, not only are people boycotting uh, Russian vodka, according to a report, but the conflict may have an impact on beer drinkers as well. Apparently, barley, which obviously is one of the key ingredients yeah, yeah. used in making beer, is heavily produced in Ukraine. So uh, everything is disrupted right now right. because of the uh, fact that they're like shelling them nonstop. So uh, uh, there's a that region is often referred to as the breadbasket of Europe because there's so much of the grains, including barley, uh, out of Europe are grown there. So uh, the president of the Beer Institute spoke recently about the situation. He says Ukraine accounts for about 20 percent of the barley used in beer. Wow. wow. So that could mean that uh, there'll be a bit of a, a barley shortage for the time being. So this isn't going to this go isn't going to affect macro brews and their rice. Uh, oh no! And and, and and the furniture polish that they the use that's polish. still available. <laughs> so uh, so there's no problem there, uh, no problem there with that. So uh, it's unclear. They say exactly what impact it'll have on the price of beer. Um, Molson Coors, for example, has repeatedly been able to absorb the higher costs while keeping the price the same for their consumers. But some smaller brewers, they say, will have to make adjustments. So um, St. Paul Fish Company Brewing in Wisconsin uh, said that uh, it's maybe gone up about 50 cents a glass in terms wow. of his cost wow. of making beer. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Well, everything's that's already something. up because well, of that's it. true. corn and it really wheat. For true. us, for example, went up 30% last year. And, mm. you know, talking spirits, even before all of this stuff, we've seen the price of whiskey, of yeah. uh, uh, tequila, 
and of rum steadily climbing. I don't know. I don't know so much about vodka. Have vodka prices in general gone up in the past couple of years? And uh, gin? Yeah, vodka's kind of <laughs> since the pandemic, it's been kind of in an upheaval. In general, no, it's relatively flat. So a lot of the that's vodka comes out of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's on the shelves and from massive companies that you know they can absorb that. Their ship can of, absorb yeah. a lot more waves. Sure, makes sense. Um, but for guys like us. Where we're buying for every batch, you know, we f- we feel that cost in real time. Because so. because yeah. it's your raw materials that are yep. costing you more and 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 maybe even uh, tougher to get. And, well, and you don't have places to store it, even if you did buy bigger, giant yeah. batches mm-hmm. and That's those kind of things. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, and there's all kind. Yeah. So we, how long has uh, Fox and Seeker been open? How, how long have you been distilling? Oh, just over a year now. Just um, over a year. That's yeah, so we, cool. We moved in. Uh, we moved into our space in April 2020. Perfect timing. Wow. Um, so yeah, we got set up and running by October of uh, pandemic year. And then uh, by the end of 2020, we actually opened our doors uh, for yeah. the first time. So a little over a year. I love your packaging. What I really like the most is the way you describe the Meridian Gin. It says light and floral, painstakingly hand distilled in <laughs> Texas. I like painstakingly. That, that really creates the... Uh, you know the mental image of the fact that you're taking this very. And seriously. you mentioned it earlier. You are green to glass in Texas. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. This is not a, a GMP product or any of those things. This and is the bottle. This there. is made right here. Where right. did the uh, Where did the name Fox and Seeker come from? So um, I don't remember if I asked you that when you were here before or not. Yeah, what the name represents is Fox being tied to nature and tradition, understanding where our ingredients come from and all that stuff. And the Seeker is. Essentially, using the status quo as our start line, and always thinking of new ways to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go into many examples of how we're doing that, um, but the most obvious is we're making vodka from scratch, which is not the intuitive path in this industry. Uh, but it brings a lot of flavor. It's also the the base of our gins, mm-hmm. uh, which creates a nice round base to build a gin on. Um, so, what would have been the shortcut? Uh, we can source our neutral from mm-hmm. um, the upper Midwest. There's a couple big companies that supply 95% of the... And then you would take that and distill it? Is that? Yeah, we would work? add botanicals and distill it uh, mm-hmm. one so time. For those of you uh, out there who don't understand the industry as much, sourcing the neutral in his terms are you can source a neutral grain spirit. So they'll just show up with big truckloads of right. this well, basically, clear Basically like alcohol. raw spirit. Right. Yeah, I could and call them today. You then, and by Wednesday, I have a 300-gallon tote. Of- yeah, that you then flavor yourself and then put in a bottle and and, and call it and your say, spirit. hey, this is a Texas spirit, like but, some people do. But when it's grained to glass, that's not what you're doing. But at this all. is different. You're yeah. literally making this from yeah, we're we're taking the raw, raw material grain and mm-hmm. fermenting it just like a beer. We call it a distiller's beer. It's just unhopped, um, and then once we ferment and create the alcohol, then we cook it off that's just out of curiosity process. how did you learn the process <laughs> did, did you uh, it, did you uh, work at a distillery did no, you, in his secret laboratory <laughs> one of our very first guests <laughs> on the show way back when we started we asked him this question he said yeah i went on youtube like yeah, oh it, yeah and, he, and he's making rum YouTube, yeah. he's making rum and he yeah that was to, that was uh, ian mook actually yes from uh, from great uh, from grateful uh, dane yeah grateful dane yes yeah it, uh, there's so much on youtube so some of it it, you got to watch out. But I'm I, sure. Uh, That's true of anything on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> yeah. For us, it was homebrewing beer and turned into a slippery slope. That's really interesting. Yeah, That's so cool. It, That's so cool. Uh, well, uh, so how long is the process from once you've gathered the raw materials 
to filling the bottle. Yeah, when the grain hits the dock, it's a week and a half, and I can have it at 95% minimum for vodka uh, off the equipment. So that'll take a week and a half just to get uh, we call it the distillate or the, mm-hmm. the, the end product. It's a very concentrated ethanol. It's almost pure ethanol at that point. And then it's just adding water to bring it down to bottle proof. That process takes three to five weeks. And what about gin? Uh, for gin, it's you make the vodka, distill one more time, so week and a half to two weeks to get it off the equipment. Then it's three to four weeks to proof it down. And what at what point does the vodka technically become gin? Is there a, a threshold that it crosses of a certain thing? Yeah, so gin is really just um, vodka. Well, it doesn't have to be vodka, but in our case, it's a vodka distilled in the presence of juniper and other botanicals. So okay. we so make the vodka first. That's what we call our canvas or our base. Right. And then we add botanicals, and then we run it through the still one more time. The, the oils from the botanicals are light enough. That's they what come infuses over. it. To- if I was to taste that before you do that distillation and add the juniper mm-hmm. would it taste like a bottle of your vodka or is yes, it different 100 so, so it would yep. taste so basically what you get when you buy a bottle of fox and secret vodka that is then the base material correct for creating the gin that's fascinating that's pretty awesome yeah yeah it really it, is and when you taste them side by side you can actually when once you taste the vodka because our vodka has a ton of character to it so we don't filter it or it add any sweetness it really does have a lot of character you're right you can pick it out in the gins after you, when you taste it side by side right. it's a pretty neat experience that sounds like a challenge Ian. are you <laughs> challenge up for it accept- yes. i got vodka in the backpack <laughs> okay, so we can well, do that uh, well, <laughs> yes. let, well let's try some of this gin now is this the same Too late. as I've what been doing this. as what we tried when you were here before that you made the martinis with? Or it is. Uh, okay. we, we slightly tweaked the botanical makeup since that show. It's a little um, softer. Yeah. yeah. We, it is very soft in we, a very pleasant way. Yeah, we cut out a, a little bit of the earthiness that was in the the, the, the bottle I borrowed in last time was the very first batch. That and it was, didn't last long on my shelf, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was still a great gin. Not we were surprised. very happy with it. But we were just tweaking a little bit to get it to where it is today. Um, so Meridian Gin is a floral forward gin. Floral gins are really tough to make well because floral botanicals spoil when they're on mm-hmm. heat. Um, just like a dying bouquet of flowers on your counter, that, that vegetal smell. Oh, that yeah. mm-hmm. That'll happen about halfway into a distillation. So to economically make a batch of floral gin, you got to get creative with how you treat the floral botanicals. So it took us six months to figure out how to distill this. But hibiscus, chamomile, rosemary, they're used as the predominant aroma and flavor. Mm-hmm. And we use juniper and coriander to support them. Uh, so I, I think it's one of the reasons I like uh, your gin so much because I'm just not the hugest fan of the flavor of juniper. And so some of the gins that I try are so juniper mm-hmm. predominant that Junif- it's like juniper I appreciate forward it, is, but it's not something I really look for. You know, Juniper right. forward is very classic gin. Like right. when you get uh, a lot of the uh, tangeray and, right. and gins like that, mm-hmm. they're very, very much. Well, um, are there noodles. a lot of people who, who drink? Gin straight? It's uh, growing. It's yeah. growing really fast. That that I mean, gin in general is like seven percent of the alcohol market to sliver. Um, by comparison, vodka is like thirty-five percent. So it's a very small segment of the market, but it is growing every year. Well, um, and obviously mainly gin, because of cocktails. Yeah. People like Chris Morris are doing sure. great things with gin. And gin and tonic is like one of the most popular cocktails in the there's world. There's a song about it. There is, and you know what else? There's a there's a song about. And it's like, I've never actually had one, and I really want to try one because I love the song, is Slow Gin Fizz. <laughs> That's such a great, it's a, I don't know if you've heard the song, it's Jack White and Loretta Lynn, and it's awesome. 
I've I've yeah. had one in New Orleans. You've had a slow gin fizz? Yeah. yeah. It, would I like it? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, they're very good. You'd like it. <laughs> All right, cool. It takes a lot of shaking. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just love the name. I think a, it's a one gin of the, fizz yeah. needs to be shaken for it's, like eight minutes. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not you have to shake it for like eight minutes. One thing that will become clear today is I'm not a cocktail. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. So, I so know how to make the spirit. I don't know anything beyond With that. a gin fizz, uh, one of the ingredients is egg white. Yeah. Right. And right. so you have to shake it to, uh, what do they call it, emulsify it? Is that mm-hmm. what they call yeah. it? Yeah. And, and then you have to shake it, it vigorously is the word they yes. usually say. Yeah. So would you say that you shake it? Like a Polaroid picture? Yes, but for like eight minutes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that would be. That would, it so, would suck so if like you had listening to, to that your, song twice. You, you, it would suck if you had to shake your Polaroid picture eight <laughs> minutes. That, that's that's not good at all. Um, well, uh, th- this honestly, this is delicious, which is not why I just spilled uh, some of mine, but uh, it really is delicious, and it, it's um, probably probably one of my favorite gins that I've ever tasted wow, because you. you really hit my palate the right way for. For gin, the way you've got those other flavors a little more predominant than mm-hmm. the, uh, the than the juniper, so it really works for well, me. Well, I think you nailed it too. If if uh, if any of you out there listening, if you like if you like the idea of some different gin drinks, but you don't really like that uh, that juniper that, punch, and it's mm-hmm. really kind of a punch, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's kind of a pine coney kind of a punch. I mean, it's juniper. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you want something that's a little less of that. Turpentine or pine coney flavor. This is really soft and floral, and it's mm-hmm. really it's got a little sweetness, um, kind of that that crosses the palate, and it's really soft on the palate as well. Just and we're just drinking it neat, right? Right. Yeah. And so a cocktail, you're gonna get all all kinds of other you know uh, sensations out of it based right. on what the other things in the cocktail are doing. Now this next one, uh, I noticed the bottles marked uh, commemorative and discovery series. Yep. But this next one is a barrel rested. Gin. So, is this becoming a bigger trend in gin? Uh, I, I want it to because yeah. it's it's you'll taste it. It's really neat uh, flavor profile. But what you're getting with barrel rested gins is you're taking typically gin drinkers aren't also whiskey drinkers. There's mm-hmm. a very it's even a sliver it's kind of, of a, a sliver. It's kind of a divide yeah. there, isn't there? Yeah. It's, a lot of whiskey drinkers will try gins and experiment a, a little very bit in specialized there. Specialized set of skills. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> barrel rested gins are niche within a niche. It's really tough to send them out to store. So shows. it was it was funny because when you were on here before, I mentioned barrel rested gins, mm-hmm. and you said you had one in a mix. And so when you can uh, when you connected with me and said that you had one ready. Um, that's when I was like, "Yeah, let's do let's do yeah. a show. Let's talk about it." Well, this says let's, the floral delicacy there. of Meridian Gin, complemented perfectly with the refined whiskey, is an experience unlike any other. Very well written, by the way. Oh, thanks. Uh, explore the possibilities when they come together with exact intent. So you guys really, you guys really do this well uh, in terms of what you put on the bottle. If, if I'm picking this up in the store, I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm interested. So I am intrigued and interested, but I have a feeling you've you've as usual gone ahead. To to clear the way, Ian. You know how um, you know how women. Have you ever seen that skit? I can't remember who does it. It's, it's talking about how women pick out um, uh, uh, cards at Walgreens. I don't you know, know if I and how they s- sit and look at the card and they read all the pretty words and they, hmm, is that the right card? And they put it back. And anyway, it's 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 a pretty funny skit. I can't remember for the life of me who does it. It's like Jim Gaffigan or one of those guys, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a hilarious skit. But it makes me think about you standing in an aisle. Reading these, and this is this is what you look like when you're reading, you know, the back of the whiskey. And the, yeah, sure, sure, and the absolutely, that would be labels. me. That would be me. Uh, by the way, why is buying greeting cards 
So damned infuriating. I, I go in there, I want a, a, a card that just says something simple like, thank you, or, um, you know, uh, maybe uh, a graduation card or, or, or just a plain birthday card. And all I find is stuff like, you know, congratulations, Grandpa, on your third bar mitzvah. Like, it's so, like, weirdly detailed. Like, who needs that card? Cards and that look all like that they're going to be funny yeah. are, like, oh, yeah. sentimental inside, right. and then the sentimental ones end up being funny. And so I wind up pop out. I wind up with a card that's blank inside and a picture of a cat on the front because I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't think of anything else, you know? But it's, it, seriously, it, it's like, why are greeting cards so weird? Smoking I, and toast and covering yeah. the tough... Difficult uh, well, yeah. topics. And then, by the way, you get that card to the uh, checkout, and you discover it's like eight ninety nine. Are yeah, you kidding me? Silly. Why is this card so expensive? I have no idea. But anyway, I digress, as I normally do. Can uh, we blame Putin? I think we should. We're going to yeah. blame him for beer prices, and we're going to blame him for greeting the cards. infuriating situation Putin. when it comes to, to greeting cards. I mean, come on. The guy's name is Putin. Let's just stop right there. Uh, thank you. Good night. That's a, that's your that's your exiting joke. You know, people don't always pay attention to names. I mean, Bernie Madoff. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, come on, really. <laughs> you are right. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I was waiting that's, for you to try. I just that. took my first sip. That's really interesting. So that's at a hundred proof too. So it, it's as interesting as the. You know, the writing made it sound. It's a very so at 100 proof. So, is that what these would sell for? And, and so, I mean, I'm sorry, is that what these would have in the stores? 100 yep. proof? Yeah, they're all at 100 proof. We barreled it at 106 and mm -hmm. tried it at barrel proof 195 and 90. And what we found was as it gets diluted, uh, the oak becomes more forward. Mm. And so, neat, we wanted it to have a balance. But whenever you use it in a cocktail, which we'll try a little bit later, and it gets diluted down a little bit, the oak becomes more prominent. I love the oak in this, though. This it's is just so good. This is really good and neat. Mm -hmm. Like, just like this. This is yeah. super nice. And you don't have the softness like you had in the uh, in the regular gin, but it's replaced with a sweet uh, and, and oaky, and, and you get some of that caramel mm -hmm. notes. You get, uh, and there's a little cinnamon kind of mm -hmm. note to it. There's, there's a lot of things that you would get in a whiskey going on in this gin and then on top of that it's flowery in the best way right, in the best mm -hmm. way not too yeah. like um icky flowery but more just that that very pleasant and then and then it has just the slightest hint of a gin and whiskey is it, hug is that a uh, coriander end. in there there, or, there is coriander and meridian but it it plays more of a background role yeah, there's it, there's a little something on the very aftertaste. Yes, it's, it's kind of woody. Uh, like coriander can be kind of woody and kind of dry, but it's just there for a little kiss. The 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 heat on this is very present, but also in a very very gentle and nice way. It's not mm -hmm. it's not a smack you around kind of heat. No, it is like you said, a warm hug. But it is there. It is a warm whiskey and gin hug, which is kind of like getting hugged by two people at the same time, and it's a little awkward. Mm -hmm. uh, but but still very pleasant. 
That's the, that's how I would that's how I would. That's the best it. way. That's going into my description notes. Okay, I'm going to use that. And you're like, is this and just now, friendly or is something now else going on? What's happening? And now I'm picturing his words on the back of your bottle and him standing in the in the in the specs aisle with a teardrop coming yes. down. Oh, totally, totally. I would totally be like the uh, American Indian in the uh, Don't Mess with Texas Trash commercial. That would be me. I remember uh, that. Yeah, it's been a long time. You're if you remember that. You're officially old, by the yeah, way. That, that hasn't was, been on the air for a long time. That was a powerful image. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was stuck with you, didn't it? Uh, this is very, very good. Thank you. You, you. It's now my favorite gin. I'll just say it. The uh, the lingering aftertaste on this gin is absolutely wonderful. You're, mm-hmm. you're right, right for me to blow your mind. Cream soda. Okay. You are totally okay. right. You are totally right. I wouldn't have said it, but you were totally right. Someone uh, someone came in the distillery tour. I can get it. And uh, they tasted that, and they went cream soda. I and can, I'm like, that answers, that answers everything. I can totally. almost say, too, once you said that, I can almost say, too, that um, that, that in the retro hail right after you swallow, in the retro mm-hmm. hail right mm-hmm. after you swallow, it might almost be a slight amount like a bubble gum kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah, the bubble gum's largely from the hibiscus chamomile. Combo meal. Uh, when it comes off the still, it smells like bubble. Oh, does it really? Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, that's, that's, well, that's this awesome. is really good. What does that sell for? Uh, that is thirty seven ninety nine at the that distillery. Amazing, amazing. And and you said it's a little weird trying to ship this out to stores for shelf space. Can we find this? Uh, only at the distillery. So the the rectangular labels, the Discovery Series mm-hmm. uh, offerings, are only at the distillery. We do like one off batches. And then these more shaped ones are what we can find. Yeah, in the you stores. can find those at Specs, Total Wine. Well, in Houston, Specs primarily, and Total Wines out in Austin are okay. carrying them. Okay. Um, this is this is really good. It's really. What is good. the what is the bottle Meridian sell for? Uh, at Specs, thirty one dollars. Okay, and then so it's and still less than forty for the. Uh, for the uh, barrel rest. Yeah. Well, and I'll just say this is this is a very affordable, uh, handcrafted, mm-hmm. uh, grain to glass spirit. I mean, you can maybe buy cheaper gin, but you're not going to get this experience. And you can buy a lot more expensive gin and not get this experience. Yeah. And that's that's probably the the real key. I mean, this definitely price to quality you would score very high if you're a gin drinker and you're a fan of the usual suspects this is going to be a great something else to try mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. to get a different uh a different idea of what gin can be mm-hmm. uh if you are avoiding gin because of the usual suspects <clears> and that that very juniper forward kind of um flavor to it then this is a great one to try because again this is not this is not that absolutely and- that was rested for two and a half months on yellow rose barrels. So everything's nice. 100% Houston. I love that beer. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're talking about yellow rose. I do rose, love that uh, beer, but I'm yes, using uh, yellow rose sorry. distillery. I, I, get, I get it confused myself. I just had a Lone Pint yellow rose beer this week uh, and, yeah, had, and was just reminded of how great it is. But, yeah, yellow rose makes, uh, makes some very good, very good whiskey. Jabberwocky and, and oh, mm-hmm. oh, man. Yeah. Gentleman's Relish. Ah, uh, yes. They, they right. don't do anything wrong there. All right. Uh, not at the distillery, that's for sure. They also have a tornado shark, right? Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had. Uh, I was playing at the distillery with the country band. That's right. You were at, and, you uh, did play and at, they had at, the gentleman's relish on nitro there, Ooh. and that was about nine kinds of good. Yeah, it was yeah. nice with the small bubbles. I, I, Are I, they still making ghost pepper stout? 
I don't I've, know. I I've seen, seen a bottle of it in the store, but I, I don't know whether it's you know left over from a limited release yeah. or whether they have uh, whether they have uh, still made it. But yeah, yeah, they don't they don't do a lot of of different uh, you know styles of beer, but when they do, it's usually pretty good. Except for the one, yeah, it's a leaf blower. We, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to ignore it. I'm trying to ignore it, but once again, the leaf blower has found me. I don't know how it happens. It's just, it's a curse. I'm pretty I don't know sure why it's a that's curse. So hilarious. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say that uh, they do a lot of a lot of beers, and their uh, brewmaster is one of the only people who's ever come on this show and brought something that he wasn't really proud of. Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. yeah. He brought a beer, and Ian and I are tasting it, and we're like, okay. Uh, you know, And we're trying to find nice ways to be diplomatic but not be <laughs> disingenuous, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he looks at us and goes, yeah, I don't like that one either. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, was, it. It was a great moment. It really was. And I was like, I love this guy. I love this guy, and I do love the beer. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we're going to sample some beer. It's time to get into this, and I hope this doesn't throw off our— uh, I'm glad we did just the gin this time, because I don't know what this Rojo Big Red uh, Berliner Weiss yeah. is going to do to our are palates. Wrecked. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we're going to try that, and, then we'll, and we'll also uh, get into some cocktails coming up. It is Smoking and Toastin', show number 272. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is Smokin' and Toastin'. This program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And I love that sound. It's one of the greatest sounds in the world, really. Yeah, he can It really is just, just wonderful. A uh, craft brewer in Ukraine uh, has stopped making craft beer for the moment to join the war effort. Instead, he's making cocktails at his uh, brewery. Molotov cocktails. Oh. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Uh, the owner of Pravda. Uh, the beer in Lviv, in Ukraine, has produced almost 400 Molotov cocktails so far, which comes as many Ukrainians are dropping their day jobs to fight Russian forces uh, across the country. Uh, the brewery. Does, does anyone see the irony in that? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, sure. Molotov cocktails, is that a Russian thing? Uh, I think it yes, is. Yes, yeah. that's the. I think it is. <laughs> it's amazing. It is. Um, it's, uh, it's a brewery that opened in 2014, and they usually make a, a range of craft beers, uh, a number of apparently very popular. IPAs, uh, but owner Yuri Z Zestavny, I think I'm getting that name right, uh, Yuri Zestavny says they are now supporting the war effort. They started manufacturing the makeshift petrol bombs three days ago, and they sent them out to the roadblocks, and he says we have never left the resistance. So, cheers to him. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Wow for the story, or did you taste the Rojo? No, wow for the story. That's yeah. like. It's kind of cool, I think. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it really is. This so is the world see. we live in. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and let's see. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of the nose on this. Well, it, it smells a little dirty sock. It, it, <laughs> it, it does give you a little big red on the nose, though. I'm not getting a big red, huh? Yeah, I definitely get see, sour beer. I'm not I a get fan sour, of sour, and that's not unattractive, but there's a little dirty sock to it. Hmm. Hmm. The palate's very nice, though. Okay. It's good. It's very yeah. good. Like, it tastes good. It's not dirty sock on the palate. No, not at all. Mm -mm. The nose is a, a touch off-putting at first, but now, like, once, once it's like, and, and it keeps going. I guess it's got the it's, sweetness from the soda, maybe? 
it drinks like a soda, like a it light, does. A light yeah. carbonated mm-hmm. soda. Absolutely, it does. It's got it's got that kind of uh, viscosity to. I was expecting like <clears throat> sour patch kids. Have you right. ever had one of those one of those Haritos? Sodas, you know the uh, the mm. Mexican sodas. Mm-mm. I know what you're talking about, but I have not had one. It's That's what it reminds you of. It's not as sweet as that, but it's kind of like it. This is actually really good. <laughs> I, I'm going to admit that I'm a little surprised. I kind of thought we would not wind up liking this. But I don't know that it, so. it tastes like it doesn't. Maybe has it has some of that big red flavor to it. But it has kind of its own unique thing going on. What yeah. does it say on the can, and what's the ABV? It says a lot on the can. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there in a second. Give me a moment here. Uh let's see. ABVs. I don't see any ABVs on. Maybe here. they don't tell us. So, I'm wondering. It feels pretty light. Or the but, stickers over it. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm be. sure we could look that up real quick. Um, mm. Or ask OnStark about the ABV on I S L L A Street Isla Street uh, Rojo. Uh, it says, uh, Ricardo Pena came to America oh, with no. a dream of prosperity for his siblings and his parents. After serving in the U.S. Army, he settled in South Texas where he began uh, his family and planted his roots. Grandpa shared his love of culture and flavors from home with us uh, from the front porch of his little blue house. His garden and his <laughs> cooking helped evoke comfort and create uh, memories. Today, Isla Street Brewing Company creates an innovative and culturally rich small batch craft beer drawing flavors and influences influences from unique fruits and spices tied to our culture, history, and uh, contemporary influences. Hmm. I don't think what he says on here is specifically for the Rojo. Uh, Rojo. I yeah, think that's the, it's this a general, is yeah. this is oddly good though. I like. Mm-hmm. I'm liking this. It's I've kind of mind blowing. The, <laughs> I'm so surprised. Yeah, the nose and the palate don't like. Mm-mm. They're different yeah. languages, and that does and, happen. Yeah, that does happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, they are speaking completely different. <laughs> the more I drink it, the more I get a little bit of that bubblegummy sweetness the to it. The big ready uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be interesting. would be interesting to know if they use actual big red or if they use some other soda. Because it does say it's brewed with soda. Mm. <laughs> Bless you. Excuse me, Bless guys. you. Yeah, I like this. I could crush this. I, I kind of feel like I should be pouring it out of a pitcher, though, you It'd know? Be, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> it would be a great summer beer. Yeah, give, yeah. Me, give us a picture of that Rojo. Because, you know, and it's, it's a Berliner-style ale, so it's got a little bit of... Oh, it does say on there. It says way down in tiny... Uh, 5.5%. Yeah. That's actually a little more than I was expecting, to be honest. And so it's a Berliner style, so it's got a little tiny bit of tart to it, but mm-hmm. it is it's more not tart. a lot. It's more tart than sour, though, I'll say that. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, it, definitely. It definitely doesn't drink like a sour. Yeah. So Fascinating. That's really good. Well, that's really good stuff. All right, got to take a break. We're going to be back with another segment here, and in this segment we're going to talk uh, cocktails as well as another beer. This time it's the Deftones. Phantom Bride IPA from uh, Belching Beaver Brewery. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm really excited. I like the Belching Beaver is a great brewery name. And we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Awesome. I love that sound. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are here in the studio today with Sean Anger from uh, Fox and Seeker is our special guest. want to say, by the way, uh, a big thank you to our special guest from last week's show, uh, Austin Millspaugh from uh, Spirit Investment Partners and Heaven's Door Whiskey. Yeah, that was we awesome. We had some good whiskey last week. It was uh, absolutely, absolutely 
Wonderful. Uh, so while Ian's pouring some beers, let me tell you about some cigars to watch for. We like to keep you updated on uh, new releases that may be coming soon to a uh, tobacco shop near you. Ernesto Perez Carrillo is always working on new cigar blends. PC. And his latest creation contains Honduran tobacco, which is a leaf he hasn't used in 14 years. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the E.P. Carrillo Short Run Retro 2022 Maduro has shipped this week. It has Honduran tobacco as a part of the filler, and it was 2008 when he used his uh, uh, when he used Honduran tobacco last, which was uh, the La Gloria Cubana Artesanos de Miami. Was that? Cigar? I remember that, that Miami. Yeah. yeah, that was a great right. cigar. Uh, Perez Carrillo sometimes makes uh, he says three or four blends a week. He says that blending cigars. Is like it's like being a pro athlete or an accomplished musician. You need to do it constantly to keep yourself in the zone, keep the muscle memory, keep the the brain memory uh, moving the way it's supposed to. Uh, but it was a few months ago he lit up something that he really liked, something he thought was a winner, but that he couldn't make in enough quantity for a regular production brand. And the result of that is the E.P. Carrillo Short Run Retro 2022 Maduro. I, I got to get one of these. This just sounds really interesting uh, to me. And the Honduran leaf is where that whole blend uh, started. Speaking of leaf, Aganorsa leaf has unleashed a new version of its Guardian of the Farm brand called Cerebus, uh, the beast of Greek mythology, you may know. Uh, it's an all-Nicaraguan cigar, and it's serving as a showcase for their uh, Corojo 2012 cover leaf that was grown in the Jalapa region. Uh, the new smoke is in cigar shops now. It's, nice. it's a new Guardian of the Farm, and uh, dogs, as you know, are kind of central to the yeah. theme of of the rappers and stuff in this. Uh, this time they turned to classic Greek myth because Cerberus was the three-headed hound that guarded the gates of hell. So uh, anyway, Guardian of the Farm is in Nicaraguan Puro, uh, the Cerberus, uh, and all the tobacco is grown on Agonorsis Farm. So I'd be looking for that. Uh, there's a Toro, a Lonsdale, and a Robusto, and they are all in the 9 to 1050 range for retail. Uh, and for the first time in the brand's long history, a non-Cuban Partagas will be available in the barber pole format. The, really? uh, the striped uh, format that, that runs down the side of the cigar, rolled with two contrasting wrappers. It's called Partagas Añejo. I love the sounds, by the way. Oh, the yeah. sounds are so good. Uh, Partagas Añejo, the cigars are made with a dark Cameroon wrapper and a lighter leaf of Connecticut shade to create that striking uh, barber pole effect. It's from a 1998 harvest, the tobacco, and the uh, Connecticut shade cover leaf was grown in 2013. Uh, the word Añejo just translates to old in right. Spanish. So uh, under the vintage wrappers uh, are a Dominican binder and filler from Mexico and the DR. And it is just now landing in retailers in two sizes, a Petite Robusto and uh, the Esplendido, which is four and a half by 60. So uh, look for Partagas Añejo. They are uh, planning this to be a seasonal release. So. Uh, if it if it works, have you tried back. this beer? I have not yet. This is the this is the Deftones Hazy IPA. Is it? Does it say hazy? I don't think it says hazy on the on the can, but it looks a little hazy. No, nope, it just says IPA. <clears throat> Deftones IPA. This is the Deftones Phantom Bride India Pale Ale, seven point one. Let me just volume. say, I love it on the nose. It has that sort of classic floral IPA uh, note to it on the nose. And that's just a, a favorite of mine. Uh, All right. Now, they did list the ingredients on here. Okay. There's no rice. That's that's good to know. The ingredients are water, malt, hops, and yeast. Ooh. 
I already finished my first glass of that it. That is really it's good. It's outstanding. That is really, really like, good. It's, That's almost like Ghost in the Machine. Yeah, game. it's like particularly badass. Wow, wow. I have to agree. Uh, named Beaver. after the ethereal Girl. song by one and only Deftones, Phantom Brad IPA is a blend of Amarillo, uh, Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic Hops, uh, and delicately balanced for the perfect drinkable mix. I have to say, they freaking nailed it. Well, they did. And I'll, I'll just say, Amarillo... And Mosaic. They're two great hops, but I have had some beers that are hopped with that where they're just out of control. They just totally take over the beer, and not necessarily in—it's an interesting way. It makes the beer interesting Mm -hmm. to drink, but it doesn't make me want another one. No, Belching Belching Beaver has made an IPA that is instantaneously Mm. up there with the best of Stone, the best of— Two Hearted Ale, the best of... Uh, and the best I mean, of Parish. The Parish. Yeah, this is outstanding. This, really unbelievably this, good. to me, falls in the category of like classic IPA or classic yes. pale ale. Right. It, it's not too... It, it's got a little bit of the characteristics of a hazy or right. a juicy, but only a little. It only, doesn't yeah, really fall into that category. There's a little fruitiness to it. Right. Um, but it's not distracting fruitiness. It still tastes like beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still drinks like beer. It's not a weird mouthfeel or anything like some of those hazies can be. Uh, a true original Deftones uh, slash Belching Beaver collaboration envisioned by Chino Moreno and skillfully crafted by Thomas Peters. Sit back, put your headphones, put on your headphones and drink away. Cheers, Nathan. By the way, uh, Chino Moreno is officially the coolest name in rock and roll. That's just a, <laughs> a fun awesome. name to say, you know? Fun so uh, the the can the label on this can is that it's also got the, classic. It's got the the beaver uh, day of the dead skull. I just is love that. Absolutely <laughs> killer. So big um, thumbs up for this. This is uh, this they're is having a lot we're of all fun. loving. That yeah, yeah, they're having fun. This beer is outstanding. Very good. This is one I will definitely be going to find. Mm. Um, and let me just point something out. I'm the IPA guy. Ian is not necessarily. The world's biggest fan of IPA. So when he's raving about one, no, like this, this is this is yeah. rave worthy. Yeah, it's rave worthy. Uh, this is absolutely fantastic. I'm not even a Deftones fan, really. Yeah, but this is. I kind of put this fantastic. between like a Sierra Nevada pale ale and uh-huh. like a hazy, like in right. the middle. It's kind of in the middle. You're absolutely right. Sierra Nevada uh, pale ale is just that that classic yeah. you can't flavor, and oh, it's it's it's. One of those things that I kind of stumble back onto every once in a while and go, why don't I drink this all the mm-hmm. time? It's just it's just so good. Well, absolutely love it. Cheers to Belching Beaver. That was that was fantastic. Yeah, uh, Belching Beaver nailed it on this. This is this is literally like jumps right up to the list of like some of the best IPA. Did you get that here in Houston? I did. Yes. In fact, that can came from H E B. That can you can always tell because oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. My wife brought that home. Yeah, actually, this is an IPA that if I see it, if I see it in the multi pack, uh, I assume this will probably come in fours or sixes. I, I'm thinking fours. Yeah, probably fours yeah. or seven point uh, one. But yeah. I will I will definitely be buying this and uh, crushing this as long as it's available. Sure. I wonder if this is going to be a. Uh, uh, I wonder if this is going to be a limited release or if it's going to be a core line thing. Know, but we're going to have to look I mean, that as up. As good as this is. Because if it's limited, we got to stock up. If it's limited, we got to talk them out of that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it might not be because a lot of times when they team up with uh, a band, they're going to do something yeah. ongoing. Who would have freaking thought the Deftones would have one of the best collab band collab beers Seriously. in existence? Seriously, that's that's pretty awesome. 
Is um, there, are there other bands and celebrities doing beers? Like it's there, very popular. There in are spirits. some. Yeah, there are so some. Iron it is Maiden more popular in spirits, but Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden ACDC. does a uh, collab with Robertsons, and they actually have a few beers. Okay. Um, and then of course there was the what's it called with mm hops. Uh, yeah, that's the Hanson brothers. <laughs> the Hanson brothers had mm hops. That was out of Oklahoma. That's but great. you know what one uh, is really good is the ACDC. The ACDC ones were yeah. good, right? Yeah. yeah, the ACDC collab with. Uh, Oh, I'm the guys blanking. out of California. I know. I, I, I they can't were so good I'm too. Uh, and we had them on the show uh, via Skype, and they sent us the beers. Yeah, they were so, so awesome. We're just, we're just sitting cool. there drinking, and I loved their brewmaster because he reminded me of Jerry on The Walking Dead. You ever see The Walking Dead? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So you know it's who Jerry is, right? It's been a Jerry's while. like everybody's favorite character. He's just this big jolly guy with the beard, and uh, yeah, that, that's who the brewmaster reminded me. But uh, but uh, uh, let's talk cocktails now. Uh, what have you made for us here? So it doesn't have a name. So I love the look of it. It's, it's actually that. a modified version of the last word. So in, in the bartending community, that's a very popular go-to cocktail. It's called word. the last yeah. word, but this is a modified version? Yeah, it, it's uh, heavily modified, I'd say. Last word is equal parts gin, cherry liqueur, green chartreuse, and lime juice. Lime juice. This is just gin, cherry liqueur, and lime juice, topped right. with Topo Chico. So this is oh. now officially called My Two Cents. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Um, so this is My Two Cents. Oh, Ooh. This, this actually great. this would have been great right after Rojo because it's yeah. kind of it kind of falls in the same. All right, it's got uh, the lime to add a nice like wow, sour. Wow, that's tartan. really good. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, this was made with Meridian, the unaged one. Right. And the next two we're gonna do are gonna be with the bourbon barrel aged <laughs> one. This Rojo stinks. <laughs> it smells so bad. Yeah, and it tastes so, so good, yeah. but it does not smell good. Let me just say, this is. You absolutely nailed the tartness mm-hmm. on this. It's perfectly tart. Any less, it wouldn't be quite as good. Any more, it would be those, uh, it would be a little sour. Those it's actually perfect. go so well together. Yeah, it's hard. Like after I took a sip of the uh, rojo, and then took a sip, it's hard to tell where one stops and the other yeah, one starts. That's what, mm-hmm. when I was drinking. I'm like, holy cow, this is perfect. And yeah. We, and then we threw that awesome beer in the middle. I'm like, well. It's is all there, right. Is there anything left? Yeah, in yeah. There? I just, I just took I a just tiny little, yeah, just, just enough to have enough a, to taste. Yep, that's it. Just enough to taste. But this is a great, you know, it's warming up. You know, porch weather. You can kind of sit outside. This is a great, what I call like rocking chair mm-hmm. type cocktail. Yeah, this is what a gin cocktail is supposed to taste like. Yeah. I think it just. And we'll get uh, not the next. The next one's also very refreshing right, with the bourbon barrel meridian. I'm not trying to be a snob or anything about this, but I really kind of want this in one of those. Skinny tall glasses with a bunch of with with a pinky holder with a bunch of ice yeah. in yeah, it. You with, know? That, with that really small crushed ice. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, totally. the glass it's like this big around, like but it's like a, this tall. Like you might get yeah, it at yeah. Tiki Bar. Yeah, yeah, with a little umbrella. Like in that's what Collins this, glass, I think. Yeah, 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 Tom Collins. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. Thank yeah. you. That would be perfect in a Tom Collins glass. Mm. Yeah, this is great. You can have like this is without ice, but you can put this on ice really oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Um, I, I love this. This I got to learn how to make this because this is gonna be a new yeah, co- super a new cocktail at my I'll, house. I'll send all these recipes. Okay. This is You're a this is one of those dangerous drinks that you could slam back so quick. Yep. Like, so you could never serve this with a straw. Yeah. Because if you gave this to me, like if you gave me like a tall glass of this with a straw, I'd be like, "Can I have some more?" You'd be like, "I just handed that to you." <laughs> yeah. I I just want to mention uh, I've been trying to expand my cocktail repertoire, right? Cuz I, I I make uh, you know, really good martinis, I make great margaritas, but every time I try something else new, uh, yeah, maybe just, so I, I wanted to learn how to do a mojito. And I really have kind of nailed the mojito, but 
it's too sweet to drink all the time. Like you mm. know what I mean? Like it's, True. it's it's too sugary. You can't just you can't just go. Oh, it's just have this is, it's more like a special occasion. This is a bit like a mojito without the mint. Right, but, but this this doesn't have quite that same vibe to it. You don't feel like you're sucking down a whole bunch of sugar. You know? Yeah. So uh, Wiki Brian does it again. He uh, he points out a uh, fan of the bride six pack, sixteen ounce. Mm. For twelve sixty two at Specs, dude, that's good. Yeah, I'm totally there. That's I'm totally so buying good. it. That is a fantastic beer, and that's a good price for Brian. You would probably not like this. It is an IPA, but it is a great IPA. Twelve sixty two is the price. Are you kidding me? That's like for a six packs, six packs of of, of, uh, of twelve ounce, ounce cans of, uh, can cost that much. Yeah, a four pack of uh, of the. Uh, 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 odd side, uh, what was that? Uh, oh, I bought another yeah. four pack of that. Yeah, it was twenty six dollars. Like twenty six dollars. Yeah. yeah, I bought another four pack of that. By the way, so I have five it. cans of it now. And worth it, by the way. Absolutely, Absolutely worth it. So, so good. if we were rating like you rate cigars, I would put that around an eight. Nine, yeah, this easily. is this totally. is totally pretty much as good as an IPA. For that gets. price point, you can't. That, yeah, that's I was insane. Because because I you know I've had bought IPAs before they were quite good but they were way expensive yeah. uh, compared to this I'm totally bringing so. this to my brew club just to blow their mind yeah yeah they'll they'll, they'll like it I just for them good. just for everyone around a table to just have a big WTF above their head <laughs> <laughs> that's a meme I'd love to see your brew club <laughs> with WTF over everybody that's head. that's actually what we look like most of the time uh, that's, <laughs> why, that's why the meme but some work. of them are WTF some of them are just question marks <laughs> <laughs> all right this is this is great uh, seriously I really want this recipe. I want to master this cocktail because I love it. Mm. Four ingredients. Super easy. Absolutely love it. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be uh, right back in our next segment. Not only will we be doing more cocktails, uh, but we will also, my friends, be bringing you a little something called smoking and Toastin's Drinking News. There it is. Mm. I'm very excited about that. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and uh, hand-rolled cigars. Nice all to have you guys. Things. Nice to have you guys here. Yeah, we just talk about stuff we like. That's it. You know, uh, Sean Anger is our special guest from Fox and Seeker. That was just an amazing cocktail. I just Thank have you. to say, I, I, I'm going to be trying to make that tonight. Is my that's super is my good. Plan. So I uh, absolutely like it. We love that sound too. Thank you for that. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this portion of the program, I, I, I hate to build this up because sometimes the stories are, you know. Sometimes they're just stupid people doing stupid things, and sometimes they're really funny, and I, I never kind of know which they're going to be until I read them out loud and, and see if you laugh. <laughs> you know? so, so we'll see how this goes. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for what has become the most popular feature on this program, a little something we like to call Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News, Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take the gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. And welcome to Drinking News. <laughs> An Arizona man had a serious... Hold my beer and watch this moment recently, which illustrates a problem 
that I believe has gripped our society and threatens to crush it in its steely grasp. Can I can I go ahead and point out that when you tell somebody to hold your beer, like there's always this impending doom oh, yeah, creeps totally, up my spine. Totally, totally. No matter what I'm doing, even yeah. though I'm just putting on my jacket, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, like, what is about that? I got a yeah, scorpion yeah. on my jacket or something. What's going on? Well, this <laughs> this hold my beer moment I think illustrates a real societal problem that we have in our country and perhaps all over the world today. It's the problem of kids' birthday parties. Oh. Now, I know I'm going to sound like an old you kids get off my lawn guy when I say this, but kids' birthday parties have gotten completely out of hand. I went to one for my granddaughter not long ago when she turned two. Yes, two years old. Not seven, not 12, not sweet 16, two. She will not only not ever remember the party when she grows up, I remember nothing when I was two years old. Do you? No? Not that I know of. The party was themed, it was color-coordinated, and it was over-the-top in every single way. And again, it's not like it was her sweet 16. She was turning two. And she lost interest even in opening the lavish mountain of presents when one of them turned out to be one of those books that have the buttons and, and make sound effects. Uh-huh. Yeah, we lost her at that point. She loved that, and that was she was no longer interested. Or in, my my yeah. favorite part is you go out and spend fifty dollars on a present. They tear it. You tear it. You know, the parents help them tear it open, yeah. and then they just play with the box. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it happens. But I digress. Kids' birthday parties have become another one of those things where I think that the parents kind of get into competition with the other parents to see who can throw their kid the most lavish bash. Cake and family and a few friends and some presents are all you really need. Maybe some you know decent beer on ice for the adults. That's it. You don't need to book Ariana Grande to perform at your kid's birthday party. I, I was waiting for you to change the words when you are going to say when parents see if they, who can throw their kid. The furthest. The furthest. <laughs> you don't need Ariana Grande to perform. You don't need to hire an out-of-work actor in a dinosaur costume. And for God's sake, don't hire a freaking clown. Please, I beg you. Uh, that That's an idea that is just too hideous for words. Your kid could be scarred for life. I've already written numerous letters to my congressman to ask him to introduce a bill that would make hiring a clown for a kid's birthday party a felony offense Look. punishable by serious time in prison. Look. If you are going to hire a clown, just hire the creepiest clown you can find. Just no, just just, just go that far. Just, just don't do you it. Know. Just don't do it. I'm sorry, Mr. Snuggles, but I'm all about protecting <clears throat> the kids. I just got to say, that's important. So when the Arizona man uh, threw a birthday party for his son recently, he must have been feeling that maybe his entertainment wasn't quite up to par with what the neighbors had produced for their kids' birthday parties. Um, you know, the Smiths next door who hired a troop of juggling acrobat for the, acrobats for the kid when he turned five. So 48-year-old Victor Pratt of Coolidge, Arizona, was looking for a way to spice up his kid's party when one of the children found a snake in the yard. It was a rattlesnake. That will spice up a party. Not uncommon in Arizona, by the way. Rattlesnakes are plentiful. Um, which, you know, yeah. So instead of taking the kids and, uh, you know, taking them inside and dispensing of the snake, Pratt decided to entertain the children by showing them how to handle one of the scaly varmints. Hot damn, look at that rattlesnake. When I saw the kids, when the kids saw it, I grabbed it, Pratt says. I showed them how to catch it, and I was playing with it like little kids do. 
What? What little kids play with a rattlesnake? <laughs> who, is, who is he talking about? All right, all right, hold, hold on. I live in Texas. Yeah. There's, There's rattlesnakes. rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah, there are. And, and you will see them. Yeah. Like, you will. They might be in your yard. They might yeah. be on the trail. Yeah. But you'll you see one. You will see them. At some point, somewhere. Don't you'll play see with them. them. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And, of course, this poses the natural uh, question. When he says, I showed him how to catch it, and I was playing with it like little kids do, this poses the natural question, what could possibly go wrong? What <laughs> <laughs> could possibly? According to Fox 10, after posing for several photos, Pratt lost his grip on the snake's oh, head, no. and the reptile bit him on the neck and the face. Oh. What makes the, this story even more perfect for drinking news is that apparently it wasn't the first time that Pratt had been bitten by a rattler. <laughs> because he was a snake bite veteran, he at least like, had the presence when he gets, of mind. When he gets to, sorry, when he gets to the emergency, they're like, hey, Mr. Pratt. <laughs> how big, he's got hi, Brenda. Card. <laughs> how big was this Hi, one? Tom. How you doing? He's a rewards member. Yeah, yeah. Am I going to get rewards? It's like you, you remember you remember the uh, uh, Home Improvement Show? Yeah. When he'd go to the emergency room, yeah. they all knew him. They were all <laughs> yeah, good like, friends. Hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, because he was a snake bite veteran, he at least had the presence of mind to ask his friends to rush him to the hospital. I said, we got to go now because I knew what was going to happen, Pratt said. <laughs> he, he was intubated and sedated for five days. Oh, my gosh. Uh, had Pat not gotten to the hospital when he did, he could have been dead within 30 minutes, according to doctors. Uh, so, ain't going to play with snakes no more. Pratt says. He claims he doesn't remember anything from his time under sedation, not even when he was moved from Coolidge to a bigger <clears throat> facility in Phoenix, according to USA Today. <laughs> Doctors say that uh, that kind of memory loss is actually common in people being treated for venomous snake bites because the drugs that they use to keep the victim sedated, uh, they're, they kind of prevent the brain from forming it, memories. It apparently oh. makes you forget mm -hmm. to not play with rattlesnakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so with no more snakes, Pratt may have to resort to other ideas for the next birthday party we have not confirmed what he has in mind but we wouldn't be surprised to find you know lawn dart lawn dart tournament lawn darts hand grenade toss and pin the tail on the scorpion to be fairly <laughs> high on his list uh, but at least he didn't hire a clown <laughs> reporting from coolidge arizona my name is cruz and that is your drinking news drinking news and that's our time for drinking news Cheers, y'all. <laughs> let's have a cocktail. Yeah, let's do. Let's do. I'm going to take just a little sip of the snakes. Mm, mm, mm. That's wild. Uh, yes, it is. So uh, our guest is uh, Sean Anger from Fox and Seeker. Um, your stuff is pretty widely available in the Houston area. How far outside of Houston do you go? Widely available in Houston and Austin primarily. Okay. You can find us select locations in Dallas and Corpus Christi also. Well, I got to tell you, this is worth if you live somewhere else this is worth taking a trip to houston and going to the distillery to get because this is magnificent magnificent stuff that's the uh uh the barrel rested uh, gin that we tried earlier now yeah. you mentioned that the first cocktail we had which i loved uh was made with the regular meridian Correct. gin and this one is made with the uh with the barrel rested right the Correct. discovery series yeah and this one will blow your mind i think so what did you make here um so the mixologists that are watching are going to are going to cringe when I say this, but it's a margarita. Oh. But it's not a margarita. There's no tequila in it. This is a margarita where this is in our, place. Our live video has ended. Oh. When did it happen? Do we know? I don't know. 
Adam will check it out and we'll uh, try to figure it out. Um, but but we're still doing the show, so uh, sorry. Yeah, says we're still live. Okay, maybe sorry. yours ended. So I try to restart it again. Um, anyway, we um, uh, so this is basically the recipe is a margarita Correct. recipe. Yeah, but instead of using tequila, you're using this uh, the barrel rested uh, the barrel rested gin. gin. Okay, yeah this this recipe came from one of our biggest fans up in Kingwood. Oh. Um, he he. I know that guy. Yeah he, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Mike, we'll call him. Okay, uh, Mr. Mike threw this recipe together one night for a bunch of friends and he texted me i'm like there's no way this works like, yeah there's no way like that that a barrel rested gin works in a margarita recipe and it just works i wow. don't know what it is but yeah it's uh but it uh, smells a bit like a margarita although i can pick up just a little more of a floral note than uh than maybe your typical tequila margarita yeah and, and what's weird is like the vanilla and the oak pop out mm-hmm. in this a little bit just a tiny bit it's, it's just really interesting uh, but it's uh, mer- this barrel rested Meridian, lime juice, simple syrup, and Cointreau. That's really quite good. Shaken on ice, poured over ice. It is. It almost takes on a, a like a margarita fruit punch vibe, doesn't it? It like brings out a little mm-hmm. underneath the um, the very citrusy flavor. Brings out a little like a, a vanilla kind of. Sweetness and underneath it, it does yeah. something on the upper part of the palate that makes you go. Yeah, it's like yeah. a creamsicle uh-huh. almost. Uh huh. It's really weird. But wow, weird I in never a great would. Way. I never would have thought. I, of it. I mixed it's this for really... the first time last night. So, in, in so if people wanting to try this at home and they and they have some of this, they can basically do their standard margarita recipe. Yeah. Except instead of the tequila, you go with the barrel rested gin. Yeah. Is it, that right? Do you uh, do anything else? Pretty much, and and there's multiple variations of margarita depending on how sweet or tart you want it mm-hmm. uh but yeah essentially just swap this in for tequila and there you go now i will say when i make margaritas at home and this has as much to do with my wife's taste in cocktails as uh, as anything and my own i should admit but my my margaritas are very tequila forward let's just say <laughs> uh, the if you Mas look at, tequila if you look at a traditional uh margarita recipe It'll tell you uh, basically one-fourth tequila and three-fourths of either the mix, if you're using a mix, or everything else that you're using. Right. Uh, and I basically invert that. Three-fourths tequila mm-hmm. and uh, and the rest is uh, the, the mix or whatever, the lime, whatever else I'm using. So would that work? with this or would that would that that's gin a great over, question overpower it do you think i mean honestly that's a great question mm-hmm. i i don't know how it would play out in a different ratio um i was just amazed that this one worked uh i i did not think this would work in a margarita recipe yeah and the fact that it it does um is, is incredible Absolutely i think it's delicious. something you can play with <laughs> I, see, I see what you're doing over there are you oh i know what you're oh, doing there you go. you're adding more of it to see if my theory holds uh shall we say gin yeah, and I didn't. I didn't go totally ridiculous. I just. But you only had a, you only had a small bit. But left, I only have a so, small bit yeah. left, so I'm interested to see what the ratio does because that would probably put it at a. What did you use? A, a quarter to. Uh, one part gin to half part lime juice to quarter part simple syrup, quarter part Cointreau, or triple sec. Or so it's already a, it's already a little spirit forward then, which it's is not good. as good. It's not as good. The balance is off. right? Yeah, the balance is off. It's not as good. Okay. It's it's not bad, but it's not a good drink. Like well, this, this is see, this, this is wonderfully balanced. See, yeah. some people um, some people think like for instance, uh, you know, if your bartender just starts dumping more liquor in your drink, um, 
that your drink is going to be better. But that's not necessarily true. Like, I literally just put another splash into what I had here, and it doesn't make it better. It makes It's still okay. It's still drinkable, but it's yeah. not better. The drink was actually better the way you made it. Well, at 100 proof, the, the spirit punches through a lot sharper. So I could imagine that the sharpness would overtake... Mm-hmm. Some of the citrus and the sugar. Mm-hmm. When- yeah, but it brings out kind of an earthy thing that you don't want in the margarita. Margaritas are not by nature earthy. Yeah, <laughs> it's not what they're all it, about. It, it does something weird with the uh, with the lime in there. It just they don't they don't blend as well. So it's yes. it's a great drink. Before I did that, but but to to say your thing, I'd say stick on this one. Stick to the. I, Are you interested to see what it does? Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's. I want to know. It's though. completely unbalanced. It's just, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, and that's about what I did. And it's fantastic. Before I did that, and it's, mm. it's okay. So I just want to mention, and we have one more cocktail that we're going to do in our, mm. in our goodbye segment. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not as no. good. Interesting. So you definitely got the balance right on this. You yeah. should totally put these uh, recipes up on your website. Yeah, we'll do. And and we do have a section for recipes. I need to update it with these. Yeah. Or also send them to you guys. And you okay. Can, yes. Yes. Because I'll be making you can play with. I'll them. be making some of these tonight. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Speaking of very interesting, Ian, I want to pass you this very very tall. Um, <laughs> Very, very tall can of beer that is in the Clown Shoes Kung Fu Ballet series. Uh, and this so is. Of course, it's in their Kung Fu Ballet series. <laughs> and this is something that I have a feeling this is going to be another palate shock here because we're going to go a completely different direction from the sort of bright and tangy mm-hmm. uh, uh, stuff that we've been doing with these cocktails. And even the IPA was a bit bright and tangy. So. I don't know what this is going to do to our palates, but I'm sure well, anxious to taste. Obviously, this. this is what you drink when you are an armored um, ninja riding a flying owl. Well, that's good to know because uh, because on the front of this can, can there's a picture of an armored ninja. <laughs> no, that's what you do after riding you a flying <laughs> owl. That's exactly right? Yeah. right. yeah, after you and wrangle the rattlesnake, then that's you jump what you do. on the owls. Yeah. Do owls fight rattlesnakes? I don't. Uh, I know that. Uh, I know honey badgers do. Because I've seen the video, you've seen the honey badger video, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I at this point, that's an old thing, but it it's still kind of funny. Um, Adam, are you still done with drinks? Yeah. All right. I hate that he's going to miss out on this though, because this this looks very interesting. So this okay. is Clown Shoes Flight to Bolivia. It's an old ale, aged in Whistlepig Rye X Bordeaux barrels. Oh, I'm going to tell you on the nose right away. Yeah. This is outstanding on the nose. Yeah. Well, and again, it's going to be a bit of a palate shock, so we may Are we going may to have one of those amazing moment. beer days? Well, and I'm going to be Whoa. honest with you, Ian. I didn't know about today's beers. Like, I didn't know, you know. Oh, it smells I like. Didn't, I didn't know how we were going to like these. So, like I'm, I'm excited. dates and old yeah. raisins. Date, and Dates and raisins are. Oh, boy. That it, hits it's it on got, the head. It's got almost a uh, barley wine uh, yeah. uh, uh, thing going on on the Oh, nose. yeah. No, this, this smells. And Clown Shoes very seldom disappoints. Now, I will say this. this. Really good. When they do an IPA, it's huge. Like, their IPAs just smack you in the face that, when Clown Shoes does an IPA. So I'm really interested to see what this is like, because they've done so many IPAs. I hope you like raisins. Yeah? It's very I like good. raisins. How strong is this? Wow. Well, it's the ABV? About, I think it's about 11. As I said, drink, it does not drink like 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are so right about raisins, Ian. It's, 11%. It's raisins on the front, 
and then mm. you wait a moment and it's raisins on the finish. And then it's dark dried fruit too mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on the back end of it, like almost like in the best possible way, prune and apricot, and um, I still got a little of that lime there, from there. The, is no. a little apricot, but you, it is a total palate cleanse, though. I will say that. Yeah, very different. Oh. There's a fermented taste in there that I mm-hmm. really, really enjoy too. That's it's uh, very malty too. I went to um, when we were my wife and I went to Belgium f- mm-hmm. several years ago pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and we went to um, Cantillon, mm-hmm. and they they do a whole bunch of wild fermented barrel aged stuff. Their their barrel storage area is all like original wood construction from like I don't know seventeen hundred. Right, right. I mean, yeah, but. This smells like you're walking through that, like oh, just yeah, very yeah. musty. I love oaky, that. I love like, that. Like that's where it takes me. I love that. It reminds me of uh, of what the uh, a, a different smell, but how much I loved Ian when we were in Honduras, and we walked through those curing barns. Oh. It was just such What's, a wonderful. There smell. were so many different smells though, depending on what portion of the process. Uh-huh. But the biggest one mm-hmm. when you open the barn doors and you walk in. Tea leaf mm-hmm. was huge. Mm-hmm. Like tea leaf was very, very like big. a slightly fermented tea yeah. leaf. Yeah, yeah. So uh, chapter five, flight of Bolivia or flight of Morocco. Master clown shoes was told. One place shelters an ancient Shaolin relic that will aid in the correction of the imbalances that have plagued them. The other place holds nothing but despair. Which is which? Here we see the master a choice arrived at as he glides uh, a recently acquired mythological. Owl uh, on a momentous flight to South America. I will say, by the way, this was not an inexpensive beer. I'm going to say it was around like eleven or twelve. Oh, I bet bucks. it was. I yeah. bet it was. Wow. Yeah, so. yeah. This is this is outstanding, though. So, uh, old ale aged in whistle pig rye. So that's I think that's where that's the spiciness because the spice. there's a yep. spicy uh-huh. at the end of the palate on this. Well, it is all date and raisin, and then you get just a little of that spice. For those of you yeah. listening, uh, we've got cut. We've gotten cut off of uh, uh, See, I restarted the live YouTube, but we restarted the live stream. Okay, gotcha. So uh, yeah, so if uh, so that was the Facebook live stream. So. Uh, so it got cut off. We restarted it. That that kind of stuff happens. We're back. Yeah, yeah. We're back. Ever, I ever love since, this. Ever since they named themselves Meta, the whole thing's just gone completely <laughs> to hell. Uh, so uh, that's it is mm. what it is. Uh, Ian, Dark. I, I saw that you've already poured yourself a. Second oh, this is cup my second this. glass, <laughs> and it was much more full than my first one. <laughs> but it, uh, it, it took a few sips to get the margarita. Yes, off. yes. Well, and, it and didn't jive well with the uh, yeah. margarita with the lime and the it, margarita. It tastes different now. It than took it a minute. And the margarita yeah. was wonderful, but yeah, it yeah. was it was a very they're, different. They're on uh, opposite ends. Well, I'm very digging much. this, guys. What do you think? Mm. The dark flavors, the malty. This has that dark. Yeah, German Munich yeah. like style, uh-huh. um, dry malty flavor that, and it's a little bitter too. Um, but then it's it's got so much sweetness on top of that. From there, there's very few beers for me that take me to a place. Mm-hmm. This one does it, and, right? like and it, that place is when you were in yeah. Europe, right? Yeah, it's and, like, they're so unique that you just like it takes you somewhere else. Um, this I, is. I like your rating system. I would give this a five. It's worth the money. Worth right. the it's money. This is, beer, but worth it. Yes. This yeah. is uh, every bit like this is like Maridsu or like some of those uh, like um, 
uh, <laughs> we've all put our guns right. We're all like, more. give me more. Uh, yeah. Well, that tells this you. This is like Maridsu or like Brother Thelonious or like um, some of those just beers that are so good at what they do. This is definitely along those lines that are. So this is an interesting show because we've not only had great spirits when we tried them neat, we've loved both of these cocktails and we've raved about every beer. Best show ever. Yeah, well, that's, I like I like the snaps. Yeah, that's like two snaps up with a twist. I bet they cut the live stream after that. <laughs> yeah, I think they. Everyone just did. stopped watching <laughs> yeah. us. Actually, I think we may have lost the live stream when I did my B- bad BGs saying uh, <laughs> Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan pepper blast. I think that violated some sort of Facebook. Bruce, Bruce Starks says he'll never know what happened to the Arizona man. You're just gonna have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, you have to go check one. out the. Uh, you have to check out the podcast or the. Yeah, uh, apparently it happened during drinking. News. Well, that tells you something about drinking news, now, doesn't it? Yeah, we uh, crashed the system. That's how awesome drinking uh, news well, is. Uh, uh, it's. Uh, I think this one is worthy of going. Did you back. like that ability uh, of delusionment that I, I? I felt. I felt. I love it. I felt very powerful. This actually. beer is so good. Yeah, we have this. Like all of today's beers were so weirdly good. Like the first one does not smell good. But it. But tastes man, delicious. is it delicious! The second one is literally one of the best IPAs we've had. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, and and then we've yeah, got... that's the uh, Belching Beaver Deftones uh, Phantom Bride India Pale Ale, and then and this we went third all one clown shoes on you. You know, you know when I like big ridiculous beers. Yes, this is a big ridiculous beer, and the can could also be used as a weapon, <laughs> which is also good. <laughs> they should uh, maybe our Ukrainian brewer should uh, partner with Clown Shoes, and uh, he could do beer and weapons by uh, getting right. those owls. This, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, well, this was great fun. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back for our final segment, uh, we are going to do one more uh, cocktail. So I'm very excited about this because you have totally delivered. And by the way, you you prefaced all of this by saying that you were not. Like a cocktail guy, your That's cocktails right. have been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. They All really of these have. are user suggestions. Oh, I'm I just lo- the executor. I love That's it. And, it. <laughs> and by the way, I love this shaker. I the have one just like it. Yeah, yeah. I had but a I had a, a smaller shaker that I used to use to make uh, uh, martinis and stuff, and uh, the little uh, uh, strainer or whatever came out, so I had to throw it away. And I had this one sitting in the bar, so I started using it. And at first, I'm like, well, this is too big. And then I realized. No, it's not, because the second martini, I can pour it out into a glass, set it in the fridge, and I don't have to go shake up another one when it's time for martini number two. So this is this is now my favorite shaker. I just mentioned that. See, and I have the small one as well. You got that little bitty one, which is so cool looking. See, and I almost brought it because that's my that's my um, that's my uh, uh, martini. Kit, yeah, basically, which I will randomly travel with. I almost brought it today. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this: metal shakers versus plastic ones. Do plastic ones metal. just invalidate the whole process? Because the, the sound is different. It's a chuka chuka, whereas this is a. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. So it's thing. more metal. Yeah. The, the best mm-hmm. tip I ever received on shaking a cocktail is when you use metal. Once it frosts over. Yeah, it's kind of an indicator. It's, it's yeah. that's when it's yeah. time. Absolutely, that's when you know if you're shaking something and it frosts over, that's cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're gonna and uh, that's shake why up. metal. We're gonna shake up one more cocktail when we come back, and uh, we'll be uh, out of here shortly. But thank you for joining us for 272, our 272nd show. We have made it and just past the halfway point. <laughs> and your second, I'm almost to halfway. 300. 
You're halfway to five. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are so thrilled to be here with you and uh, enjoying these uh, cocktails and beers. And it has been not only a great uh, spirit day, but a great beer day, too. Man, every beer today. Yeah. Like, if you're talking about the taste, because the smell of that first one is like feet. (laughs) It's terrible. But it's so it tastes good. You, you never tasty. you never want feet to be your description of, <laughs> of a smell or a taste, right? It's just not right, a thing. Right, right. It's not a thing. But uh, but no, it doesn't smell good, but it tastes delicious. So yeah, just like don't inhale when you lift the cup to your nose and enjoy the uh, lovely taste. of Oh, Robo. this has like uh, this. I see this has. Oh yeah. So uh, so I, I have this same one at home, on it. and it has an outer shell mm-hmm. with little holes in it. So when you twist it around, it shows you the ingredients and the amount for different cocktails that you might oh, want to make. So yeah. it's a uh, it's kind of a, a, a bartender's friend, I guess you might say. Yep. Nice or my yeah, friend. Everything I made today was the most average kitchen tools. Yeah. You okay. Get. Yeah. <laughs> Walk down the Kroger well, aisle. Well, you make great stuff, though. I mean, honestly, I haven't tasted this last one here, but those have been very, very good. I'm just saying, at some point in time, we're going to have somebody on here, and they're going to bring an ice hammer, and I'm going to be happy. <laughs> an ice hammer? Yeah, you know. Chip off the ice for every cocktail. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's do some tasting here. What have what have you made here? So what this is is I see a bottle of vermouth. So I'm in. It smells curious. so lemony. This is called a Martinez. Um, so Martinez, the, Mar- the Martinez okay. is arguably is that the, racist? The original. <laughs> well, what's funny is we call this one the Eddie. Because our friend Eddie Martinez loves his cocktail. We call it the Eddie. Um, So this is Eddie's favorite cocktail. We call it the Eddie. You're right about lemon on the nose, though. I do, I do pick that up. But there's something richer and deeper there too. So suppose the theory is or myth is, and there's cocktail experts that know more about this than me. But this may have been the original martini recipe. Um, they called it the Martinez, and then it got transitioned to what we know martini, as yeah. the current gin martini. It got Ital- Italianized mm-hmm. to martini. So this is uh, bourbon barrel aged oh. Meridian, sweet vermouth, uh, cherry liqueur. Did you did vermouth. you like and squeeze bitters. the oil on top of that? Yep. Yeah, because it's like all over my lips, just with one sip. Yeah, it's the really oil delicious. was on top. Really delicious. And by the That's way, crazy. the Martinez to martini, that was Frank Sinatra's doing. Just so you know. <laughs> Frank was the I man. told you it was Italian Frank sized. Was the man. Yeah, I tell Not you. Not italicized, mm-hmm. but Italian sized. We're gonna call it the martini. And and he was Frank, so everybody said, Okay. So, yep, yeah. We'll I just want it. to point out that when you express that on top of this, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because I took one sip and instantaneously my lips were coated mm-hmm. with that uh the the the, uh, the zest of that lemon. And it's such a wonderful thing. It's like it's like uh, it's like that feeling when you have the really good tasting uh, lip gloss, or uh, or uh, chapstick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said lip gloss. You know, I mean chapstick <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, lip balm. Lip balm. 
And it has that nice uh, that nice aroma to it that's just sitting under your nose now. It's like that. No, that's a that's exactly the role the lemon. Don't judge me for using lip gloss. I, hey, if it didn't have glitter in it, oh, we're cool. I have big lips. It's nice to like highlight them. Listen, I I, I remember growing up as a kid. <laughs> I think I just broke our. I think you did. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think you did. <laughs> I, I remember growing up as a kid going to church, and there was this song they sang in church called "There Is a Balm in Gilead." And I was like, what, do they have chapped lips? That's the only thing I could think of. I still to this day don't know what that means. But in, in, in any case, let's, uh, let's go back to the, uh, to the drink. This is really delicious. Yeah, it, this it is, is ridiculous. This it is has fantastic. a lot yeah. of character and, and, and flavor to it. Like, like it feels like there's things you're going to continue to this discover. This brings out drink. more of the, like, the caramely, mm-hmm. um, darker side of that the and the oaky flavors like the oak flavors are like on the aftertaste are big big like time big yeah. and dry and delicious if you're to google the martinez cocktail it, the recipe would call for just gin regular gin mm-hmm. um so using the bourbon barrel gin adds just another layer another of depth layer of fla- yep. uh, de- depth yep. of flavor yeah absolutely that's got to be interesting when you have a a, a gin uh, that is not like other gins, right. and then you start trying to experiment with the recipes that are made to accentuate or decentuate the floral qualities of a standard mm-hmm. gin, and try and see exactly how they fit in. How mm-hmm. did you go about this? This was another fan suggestion. You're like, I don't yeah. go about this. I, I, I outsource. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was outsourcing uh, to fans, though, is a good idea. Yes, yeah, absolutely. The, the yeah, it really is. Of, yeah. Alan and Paula, uh, friends of ours from Jersey Village, they they play they love this bourbon barrel mm-hmm. Meridian. They mm-hmm. played with it and they suggested this recipe and it was just incredible. No, so, this this is a knockout right yeah. here. Well, here's to the experimenters. Yes, here's to the people that take these these spirits and go. You know what? Let's try X Y Z because sometimes it probably doesn't work out. But in this case, what, what were their names? Alan and Paula. Alan, Alan and Paula, Paula. Yep. you rocked it. And Here's this is the Eddie yes. for Eddie uh, Martinez. Yeah. Uh, the Eddies. Eddie. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much, Sean, for being on the program. We appreciate it. We love your spirits. This one, the Meridian Gin, uh, as well as your vodka, are uh, pretty much widely available across yep. the greater Houston and Austin areas. Can people, is it possible, I don't know what the, the laws are, can people order from you out of state on the internet? Only if they can come pick it up. Only if they can yeah, come pick we it up. can't. We can't ship anything. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's got to change. It's frustrating. Why would you not? You know, what's wrong with you putting a bottle of this? You know, packing it safely in a box and sending it to somebody in that's Oregon. That's a great question. I, I, I can't. I can't see anything about that. That's a bad thing. Oh, because there are some distribution companies that won't get their cut of it. Well. That's you can do it with beer and wine. Let me tell you how much I care. Wait, about oh, that. wait. Did I say that out loud? Let me tell you how I'm much sorry. I care. <laughs> tell you how much I care about that. Notice how not much at he's all. ignoring me yeah, at this yeah, very well, moment. Well, but, you know, <laughs> he's like, I'm not saying anything about that. <laughs> we understand. We really do. And uh, but we thank you very much for being on the show. On next week's program, uh, Brandon Choate will be joining us, first time guest. So we'll be freaking him out and blowing his mind once he sits down in the chair, <laughs> as we generally do with first time guests. Uh, uh, but he is with Five Points Distilling, so we're looking forward. Nice. To, uh, nice. Uh, looking forward to that. And then uh, the I'm going to tell him that like it's it's standard issue for him to have to actually sing along with the drinking news song. Mm-hmm. So I'll put the mm-hmm. words in front of him. 
Pretty, pretty like. I'm like, if, like you, if little, you listen to our show before, you know this. Put it on a music stand. Yeah, everybody does this. It's a rite of passage. Uh, uh, so, and then on the 17th, which is two weeks away, uh, that is actually St. Patrick's Day. We're working on something I'm so special. Excited. Working on something special. If that doesn't happen, we'll be doing an Irish whiskey blind taste test. But if it does, it'll be even cooler and more Irish. All right. Well, I'm gonna see how fast you can drink a Guinness on that day too. Sounds good. Sounds <laughs> good. Uh, and then. I'm so excited about this. On the 24th, uh, which is, what, three uh, weeks, four weeks from today, uh, Docs will be joining us, our good friend, uh, Greg, Greg Dutsakis. Uh, amazing. He'll, and he'll be bringing Michael Garfield on the show. With <laughs> I can't so wait. The high-tech Texan. How great is that going to be? So uh, so we're looking for It's always great when Docs comes on the show, and he is our like favorite rum guy. Uh, he's absolutely awesome. So anyway, uh, thank you so much, Sean, for... Uh, thank you for uh, And congratulations me. on how... Good, and let me just say how affordable your spirits are. Thank you. Uh, that is very impressive because I could see you going out there with these as you know fifty, sixty dollar bottles, and you'd probably sell them. But the fact, that. the fact that you're doing what you're doing at the price point you're doing it, I think is is awesome and honorable, and we encourage you people to uh, to check these spirits out. Well, we do have bourbon in barrels, and, and when is that? They come? may Ooh. come out of the barrels this year. So, okay. well, but, since know, we're grain to glass, it just takes time. Put us on yeah. your calendar. Yeah, and that that's tough because you open a company and you're like, I'm going to make this, but it takes years to right, make it. Right, right. Uh, yeah. That, well, that's what vodka and gin, you mm -hmm. can get into those spirits immediately. So that's a good thing. Do you have something to pass on? I was just going to point out, Onstark said that the balm in Gilead is a reference from the Old Testament, but the lyrics of the spiritual refer to the New Testament concept of salvation through Jesus Christ. You know... I'm I'm so impressed with Bruce Stark because it doesn't matter how odd or obscure the references <laughs> we that we throw him, he goes there and He's, he figures it out. He is the man. He is well. That's on Stark. That's yeah, on Stark. Uh, Sean, thank you again. Thank you for making such wonderful cocktails. Odd. And thank Dang you for it. now. I'm gonna have to pour myself some more of this clown shoes. Distilling such I'd wonderful. Say there might still oh, be some in the there? shake. Oh, that was good too. So yeah, uh, we don't want to disappoint you. Yet. Oh. Uh, have a uh, wonderful week, my friends. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel, Mary, who takes care of all the booking, and Ian, my friend. Amazing. Another fun time. You guys rock. Today was an amazing day for drinks. It really was. Thank you, Sean. And Cheers, that means it was a good show. I'm just going to say it. Have a great week, my friends. Woo. Cheers, y'all. <laughs>